Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you want to wail or sing, from Wind It Up to Township of King, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's gonna pay retail. It's my co-host, Evan. When he pours gas on a bonfire, everything goes up in flames. It's my co-host, Saker. How is that different uh, than most people, Ev? Um, well... A bonfire is supposed to be a controlled fire, mm-hmm. and but- I guess when everything goes, so you like built it right next to your house. <laughs> okay, like against oh. your, you're like these logs need more support. I need to lean them against the wall of my house. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, oh, it's so cold in here. I need to make a bonfire in my living room. That's fun. Saker, I need to pour gasoline all over the bonfire. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's you know, it's the winter time. We're Ooh, all brr, in the... so cold. Got lay down in bonfire. <laughs> That's you. Actually, as this episode comes out, we will no longer be in the throes of winter. Well, January nineteenth is that still in the throes of winter? Yes, it 100%. is. One hundred percent. February are the coldest month, at least in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I always think of December as being winter, and then January, February is like, well, we're heading into spring. I mean, that's not true at all. Yeah, December is basically like late fall, at least yeah. at least now with global warming. Hey, these days, <laughs> these, these millennials. Days, when you so, do you think the about bonfire references to global warming? Obviously, <gasps> could be. You'll have to catch my read uh, in a second here. Yep, um, we're gonna skip right to the ab- reads. <laughs> let's get let's get into this week's no. Uh, Ebo, I want to get into this week's song desperately, but unfortunately, we are contractually obligated to talk about random bullshit for a while. Uh, Ev, um. What's the funniest thing that you ever heard? <laughs> um, my son tells jokes now. Okay. I don't know if they're jo- funny. I mean, they're just they? like, he's like, guess what? And then you're like, what? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's a great, a great or like, joke. Or he's just like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. I he's know. Putting, yeah. he's, put, he's, he's painting a mental picture. Yeah. He's doing the good anti-humor. Yeah, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to babysit or nanny. I used to au pair for can a male there could be a male au pair, right? Yeah, I mean you specifically can, a... men can do anything now, Saker. It's twenty twenty. <laughs> um, I used to au pair for a uh, a group of two kids, and the girl was probably about your son's age, but she used to be a obsessed. group of two kids. Yes, I'm sorry. Is that, is is that the, I, again? Anymore? I'm not a professional au pair, so I don't know. Is that the technical term for it? Is that like a, a term of art for uh, au pairing? A, well, a group of two kids? You wouldn't say a pair of kids or two, just two kids? Well, I didn't want to say pair soon after a pair. I thought it would be too confusing for your uh, little uh, brain. Evan. I used to give them pairs of pairs as an a <laughs> pair. A group of kids. The technical term for that is called a susing. So I was a pairing ah. for... I think uh, it's pronounced soicing, isn't it? That's how, soicing. That's how he yeah. pronounced it. It's soicing. Did he pronounce it Dr. Soice? I thought so. I think that's always the... like. The Dr. Seuss Institute is like the first thing they say is like, oh, it's actually he pronounced it Dr. Seuss. Really? Mm-hmm. That sounds like Curly from the Three Stooges is saying it. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Certainly. I don't know. Yeah, um, whatever. Uh, so uh, a soy sauce of children. Um, and the girl used to be obsessed with telling knock knock jokes, but she would mm-hmm. think of the setup, but never the punchline. So she would, she would be like, knock knock. I would go, who's there? She would be like looking around the room like dishwasher and i'd be like dishwasher who and she'd go dishwasher monkey doll and then just start laughing just naming things that she could see which observational humor is a legitimate style of comedy yeah i mean that's like observational humor is like one step above referential humor like they're like the yeah yeah it would have been like had she said like 
remember All in the Family? And then I would have laughed at that. <laughs> she's, she's a big All in the Family fan. Um, yeah, but that's that's the style of humor. I like it. It's good. I love when little kids start to tell jokes because they, they understand conceptually what humor is, but not uh, not realistically. Um, I don't know. What's uh, Do you have a favorite joke that he's told you? I can't the remember a single one. one. Yeah, the sure. clown one. The clown one. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a real positive. It's a solid one. It's a solid one. Um, well, you are a daddy, of course. And as we always say in this yeah, podcast, daddy's off his head. Evan, we have a new song to talk about this week. Let's get down to it. The song this week is called Off His Head. And if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. That's a sample right there. <laughs> this is fun because usually we at least have a little bit of dialogue. Like when we got on the call, we'd be like, oh, that song. We're like, man, this is a good song. All right, this song this week. I truly don't know what you're going to say about we this are song. Stone, we were stone-faced this whole time. We, we're doing these like back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, these, yeah. these, uh, these songs. So we're trying to bank them up a little bit. Keep so these cards I, close to our vest. Yeah, so, so unvest them a little bit for me. I, let me tell you my first couple thoughts when I've heard them. Okay. Um, I heard that jangly guitar kind of mm-hmm. opening the song and I thought fun, but I think that means there's going to be a lot of Ed. I think mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a very Ed forward, like country tune. I was wrong. <laughs> this is a very Ed backward, non-country tune. This is the anti Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but there's, so- then this, this, the airy synth line comes in and it sounds fucking boss. Who do you think the main architect of this song was? I think it is the architect from the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> okay. And why is that? Because they tried to give us a good song. Uh-huh. A, gra- a great song, even. Uh-huh. Um, but we wouldn't accept it. All the humans. <laughs> we, we glitched out because we couldn't handle, we couldn't handle perfection. So they're sure. like, how about 1990s America? How about that? How's that going to t- How's that going to set you up? And you know sure. what? Seemed okay to us. Yeah. Like, so the BNL was like, let's give them a fucking great song. Here it comes. Best song you've ever heard. And then like as soon as we as soon as we humans put the CD in the CD player, as soon as they queued up that uh I don't know, we're 2010, so they queued up that Windows media player. Uh-huh. Um everyone just started glitching out as they listened to it. People were, you know, gibbering and moaning and and rolling around on the ground and 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 convulsing and the BNL's like, "No, no, no, pull it back. We got to pull it back." But fortunately, everyone forgot um, or actually maybe it was just so good that everyone had to listen to it forever and that no one could ever li- not like everyone went off their head so to speak so you're saying not this song daddies. is the best song you've ever heard from BNL it could it was but then they had to redo it because all of society broke down and they were like sure. trapped in a, a nightmare world where people could I only see. listen to off his head and all they could hear was the off his head off his head daddy's office <laughs> just wandering around muttering that wearing newspapers for shoes got a fishbowl on your head you're muttering and your fingers are all clicking together because you got those long fingernails sure. your teeth are falling out you're rolling around on the ground with the worms after like a worm after a rain yeah okay and, uh, interesting and bnl's well, kicking you back into the yard by making this song just meh buddy you know. you know what if this song if the if the architect truly made this song for humanity you can call me tank because buddy 
I want to live. I want to taste that steak. I want to be in this world. Ooh. This song fucking ruled. Wow. I, I'm living in this universe now. I am I am part of the Matrix, and I, I can't stop thinking about off his head, daddy's off his head. That's all I can say. My fingernails are clickety-clacking. My teeth are all switching places. And, you know, this is just, this is the life I lead now. Wow, um, this was a, this was a, you liked this song a lot? I loved this song. I thought this song ruled. Um, oh, and after your last, like, after you, you had a, you had a I, crisis I, of faith last episode, I, I had to talk you through far. it. I went too far. You talked me off that ledge. I was ready to delete the archives of this podcast yeah, just and never think talk about it again. you never heard off his head. I know. Isn't that wild? Because it's, it is their magnum opus, clearly. Uh, this <laughs> their swan song. Okay. I'm not going to go that far. But this song, this song is, is, I felt like this song was somewhere in between boomerang and limits maybe right like it wasn't as safe as boomerang uh it was, it was a little more creative but it, it was a jam it was like towards the jam end of limits they were still being like wild and doing creative things like i i felt like this is what i was asking for with um with boomerang in that you know this brings back kind of that bnl mystique that surprise where you're like what is this song about? There's so many interpretations. It leaves what you thinking about it. Song about. That's my first. That's my first fucking note after I talk about the musical intro. Is seriously, what the fuck is this song about? <laughs> I mean, it's a very mysterious song, uh, which I enjoy. It's got some, you know, some 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 strangeness to it, where you have to speculate on what what you think it's about. Should we jump into the lyrics and talk about those first? I suppose. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, well, well, here's the deal. I listened to the song. When I first listened to the song, I listened for it musically, and then I listened for it lyrically, right? Mm -hmm. So I was listening to it, and I was like, wow, I really like this song. I think it's really cool. When you're just listening to the song, you would never guess how weirdly the lyrics, like, wrap around the music. Like, the last line of the first verse is so fucking weird because it, like... The lyrics like stutter over the music. Like he sounds like he's a, a like a step behind the whole first verse. But I fucking love that weird syncopated feeling. And anybody might just believe I had phone. Maybe they were right when they said that everybody. Sorry, this isn't about the lyrics. I'm still just talking about the way the yeah. lyrics work. Well. Um boy, okay, so so here's my interpretation of the song is daddy is mad <laughs> daddy's mad <laughs> got it <laughs> daddy's mad because he heard you talking shit but you know what you're gonna hold your own you're gonna do it anyway it doesn't matter what daddy thinks daddy's off his head but you know talking just cares? talking shit just general shit well the narrator is clearly pushing back against daddy we never <laughs> we never i boy i love that we can refer to the character as daddy yeah, yeah daddy daddy comes uh, home and licks all the uh, light bulbs clean I, I wish that this were a movie read because this song is clearly about Freddie Got Fingered, I think. <laughs> Daddy comes home. Uh, Tom Green is in the, the, the foyer and he's playing all the sausages for Daddy. Um, so th the narrator's clearly pushing And then back. Rip Torn throws him through a plate glass window. <laughs> <What a laughs> beats him with a, a board with a nail in it. <laughs> um, oh, it's such a great movie. This this song put me in mind of like a, a a racist Thanksgiving gathering, right? Like the the family is talking shit, like they're just being like gross and racist and bad, and the kid feels this like I got I have to use my my white privilege, my the power that is inherent with me being a cis white person to fight back against this systemic racism. But it's uncomfortable for me because these people are my family, but he does it, right? 
Um, and I think, you know, that's what it put me in mind of. Do I think that's what the song is about? No. So but I th- do you think that, so you think the narrator is a kid, the kid who's standing up to, is like a child? Maybe he's a kid, or I think he's the kid of the the daddy. But Billy, the, Billy the kid. But he could be eighteen. He could be twenty. There's no okay. right or wrong time okay, to okay. stand up just, to your parents. Just try. Uh, there's no right or wrong time to stand up to your parents. I mean, I guess there's a wrong time to stand up to them, which is like after your grandfather has died, you shouldn't be standing up to your parents. Um, but like, I do think he might be younger because I feel like at the beginning, um, he's he's gonna like run away. Like something is like, you know, he, he's talking about, you know, any, anybody might believe that I had flown, you know, maybe they were right. Maybe everybody does make mistakes. Um, but I feel like he, so he might be a little bit younger in this. That was my, my sort of feeling of who the narrator was. Any other night I could leave you alone And anybody might Because I was concerned. I, I was thinking through, like, how does the stuff with Daddy, clearly the song's central thesis, gel with the idea of the narrator breaking hearts? And I thought and, that was... And what about the cost of temptation? Well, we'll get to that, of course. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> maybe the narrator is wanting to run away from Dad, but he'd clearly break Mom's heart. Or, you know, maybe Mom is a good and, and tender person, right? So so running away isn't the answer because you're going to hurt somebody in the process. Should have been a new start. But not everybody breaks hearts Should have been a new start Save me And you don't Yeah, what, boy, what is the cost of temptation? Ev, you're gonna pay retail It is a classic Bare naked ladies pivot line The boys are back What's the cost of the temptation? You're gonna pay retail I like you pounded uh, the table like a fucking Fox commentator <laughs> when you were there. I felt like Alex Jones in that moment. Uh, oh my god, Alex Jones on Fox? Anymore. No, they don't. Yeah, he's that's illegal. Um, but God, did you not love that line? What's the cost of temptation? You're gonna pay retail. Yeah, sure, I loved it. It was great. Like you're tempted to say something to him, but it's gonna cost you. It looks like a deal from here. But you know what? You're going to pay full price, buddy. You're going to pay 50 bucks. You may think it's on sale, but whew, after you get done with all those repairs and all the, you know, the fix em ups that you got to do to that new fur coat. All the fix em ups. You get, you're going to be paying retail. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Buy a fur coat without sleeves? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you got to do the fix em ups to it. Sleeves are extra, bud. <laughs> uh, it all gets lost in translation. It's all in the details. That one tripped me up a little bit. I was thinking maybe, maybe they agree. Maybe dad and son agree. Maybe, well, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe they both hate the same minority group, but they disagree on how to hate them or what to do with this minority group. You know Dad's what I mean? Dad's like, I believe in overt racism. And the son's yes. like, uh, covert please for me. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The dad's a proud boy. The son's a shy boy. Yeah. The son's um, like, I'm going to yell in, in the face of somebody. And the son's like, I'm just going to call the cops and drive away. That's so, exactly what's happening here. It's it gets lost in translation. They both hate. They just hate in different ways. It's in those details that they hate. You know. Do you think they're both cops? Boy, I definitely think it's a possibility. This is a family lineage. Maybe it's the captain and the sergeant. You know. Maybe they're still father son. But uh, you know, this is yeah. this is tense. Or maybe it's like having your own kid in class. Oh yeah. Except you. Except both you and your kid have guns. <laughs> At the table, and, sure, and apparently licensed to commit murder. Yeah, uh, I, well, did you did you have a different read of this song? I yeah, mean, I thought it was about a uh, um, surprise pregnancy. Oh my goodness! I want to hear all about this. Go ahead. 
Um, well, I think it's the the daughter and the daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, she's she runs off with a boy mm-hmm. and gets pregnant, and then comes back and tells daddy, and daddy gets you know goes off his head, and she's like even worse. Like the thing, she's everybody makes mistake, but not everybody breaks hearts. Uh, Should have been a new start for me. So she's trying to fly and flow the coop, but then she comes back to daddy. Because, you know, she's met her match. Um, she's pouring gas on a bonfire. Mm-hmm. When you pour gas on a bonfire, everything goes up in flames. What a shame. When you make a mess, make your best guess, could it all end the same? So, so he's like, you need to get rid of this. And she's like, no, I'm going to keep it. When you make a mess, make your best guess, could it all end the same? When you pour Boy, gas- Midway through the song, she goes to the baby's daddy, and he's off his head too. Sure. So okay. This might, so this is like a three-way. Like the daddy, the two daddies. Well, the daddy and the the future daddy are talking. It's not a three-way. It's not a get, three-way. <laughs> getting lost in the translation. The cost of temptation. Well, you're gonna pay retail. You're gonna pay. A, you're gonna have a full fucking kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big. That's a that's a big investment. And then um, uh, f- fingers crossed for the salvation. That's obviously the mom who is very religious. <laughs> or retaliation. But the retaliation? Yeah, the retaliation is dad. Daddy wants a shotgun wedding. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That's retaliatory towards who? The. Uh, towards the the husband the husband and the daughter i suppose maybe they don't want to get married okay interesting wow this is an interesting and that's why i love this song ev is because we're we both have entirely different interpretations of it right off the bat i love that isn't that great don't you miss these days (laughs) i feel like these days were like two songs ago (laughs) like i don't think we're we're waxing nostalgic for something that happened like two weeks before. I feel like everything on In Good Time was fairly obvious. You know, this is a song about Jerome. And then, you know, everything on this so far has been pretty simple, too. I feel like we have to go, we have to dig back to Blam and Blamen to actually get something mysterious, or which to us was fucking six months ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. This felt, it felt good to get back to this. It felt pure. It felt like pure Brand Naked Ladies to me. Um, I don't know, but you know what? I I feel like the reason that, and I definitely see your interpretation, but I feel like the whole feel of this song was very kind of victorious and triumphant. Like I felt like it was it was a, a very major key sort of song, wasn't it? Um, uh, except that it ends on "You're out of hope and wishing you were dead. You don't know what to say and you won't have any sway." You're out of hope and wishing you were dead. So it's I don't know if it's victorious. It's it's more it's victorious like the Alamo was victorious, right? I believe the last lines are, but you hold your own and you do it anyway. You right. hold your own and you do so it. So you're anyway. you're going down with the fucking ship is what is how I read that. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> But you know, sometimes Ev, things that are right feel hard. I don't know yeah. if you know this. Well, because- from, from my read, like I think 
the the girl is having the kid not because she wants a kid but to like rub it in her dad's face which is the wrong reason to bring a child into this world i think you feel like this is a spite baby i feel like she's just she's holding her own and she's like this is the hill she's picked to die on and i don't know if it's necessarily a good hill for her because you know I feel like, you know, four years down the line when she's got a four-year-old, she's going to be like, Ugh, I made a real big mistake, daddy. Yeah, probably. I mean, definitely, if that's your, if that's your yeah. interpretation and I mean, she of the may, song. You know, she may love it. She may come to love her, her child. But, you know, huh. at the same time, like, I don't feel like spite or um, temper is a good reason to keep a child. Interesting. Okay. But it yeah, is her know. right to keep or destroy it destroy it. <laughs> I've never heard anybody talk about abortion in those terms Well, before. I mean, it's not a person. No, you're right. Of course. Destroy. I mean, and you can also destroy a person. I'm not saying you can't. Yeah. I just think it's so an she's interesting gonna, term. She's going to have the kid, but then raise it to, be, to have no self-esteem. <laughs> sure. I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe this is one of those songs that's, uh, you know, the, the, the music and the words are at odds because you're right. I think it does sound victorious, but there's definitely a, a whole part about what. Oh, yeah. The music dead. definitely does sound victorious, I would yeah. say. Uh, except for, of course, the uh, the daddy's off his head section. Which God we haven't... damn, that fucking thing. I loved I... it. Did you not love it? I I don't like it Bec- when <laughs> when something is repeated hundreds of times. Yeah. Well, and I get it, I like I mean I like that they were trying to do and I appreciate it objectively, but at the same time like it was irritating to me to wow. to just have the same words repeated over and over again. Same same with like the it was like a Hearn style chorus, but it just yeah. went through everything. And Daddy's off his head. Like, what a weird fucking thing to repeat over and over again. It's very strange. Very strange. Um, I don't. I, I feel like it might be a horn chorus, except a horn chorus, except they only do it for like ten or fifteen seconds at a time. It's not like to the end of the song we're going to be doing it, right? Um, right. And it was more interesting to me because I mean, you're right. Hearing that same thing repeated is kind of weird. But to me, the interesting part was the syncopation of it, right? Uh-huh. Where it was like they kept stressing different parts of it, and it sounded more like the scatting of like the voice as an instrument more than I wish it you had know. been scatting <laughs> you really yeah I there's think... like there's like two bnl choruses that i like there's two ways this can go like they have this is a catchy chorus right it's oh, catchy. i wouldn't call that the chorus oh well Would this is a catchy chorus? whatever the fuck this sure. is sure 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 um and there's ones like summertime where i enjoy repeating them in my head and then there's right. ones where i like i'm in the shower and i'm like daddy is up is that up? and i just <laughs> every time i rem- it comes up i get more angry at it Okay, it wasn't. It was an unsingalongable jam. You will Did never not like it. Okay, it's funny that it gets stuck Would not in your subscribe. head. Subscribe <laughs> that it gets stuck in your head because it's impossible to get stuck in your head because you have to remember exactly how it goes. Or I don't know. That seems weird to me. Um, but yeah, it, it got you stuck can't in your remember head no how less. this song goes. You don't remember? I, how I remember Daddy's up to say gonna be up to Daddy, but like I would not be able to do it correctly. I would not be able to hum it to myself in the shower. Um, I don't know. I just, it sounded so cool immediately to me. And I felt like it was another instrument more than it was lyrics that I should be concentrating on and retaining. And, you know, I really wish it had been that way. I think I would have enjoyed it more, but it's like, I don't know. It's like looking at a word without with like, and trying not to read it. 
Like you it's just a, can't. You just can't. I can't not hear the words. It's this is a magic eye puzzle, Ev. You can see the static, of course, but what when it really opens up to you is when you just let go and cross your eyes. Like you can see the word, of course, and you can take it in, but you just gotta let go and cross your brain and let it come. So across it's like a reverse brain. magic eye. There's like a picture that you can clearly see, but then you've got to let go and let it go blurry, so it turns into nonsense. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's I'm I'm calling it a typical eye. Uh, what's the reverse of a magic eye? A boring <laughs> eye. <laughs> a, well, it's just um, a reverse of a magic eye is just a regular picture that you just like <laughs> let your eyes go out of focus, so it just gets all blurry and nonsensy, nonsensical. Yeah, but if I call it a boring foot, then it's a lot more palatable boring to me, foot. and I can well, list it as one of the four points in the notes for this episode. A, mon- a mundane. What's the opposite of an eye? So something. Yeah, foot. I guess. Yeah. Okay. A mundane foot. A mundane foot. Okay, so this this song is a mundane foot puzzle. <laughs> is it a puzzle though? Um, yeah. I mean, no, it's not a puzzle. It's a puzzle. A puzzle your... something you put together, and here you're talking about just like taking something apart, deconstructing it. Yes. I don't know. It's it's a new kind of puzzle where they give you the whole thing, and you have to. It's Jeopardy, where they give you the answer, and you have to think of the question. Mm-hmm. Right. What is daddy yeah. except, being that's a, head. except they're not really giving you the answer they're just giving you what are you talking about when you say something they're still like, giving you a question it's just a it's just a semantic trick this root vegetable is often found in mashed potatoes like that's an answer <laughs> the question of course if somebody asked you if somebody came to you and said what are potatoes then you would say <laughs> this root vegetable is commonly found in mashed potatoes that's a, a easy way to answer that question <laughs> yeah but every question is what is what are <laughs> <laughs> it's like living with a four-year-old, I'm sure. <laughs> what are sprinkles? Well, no, um, a, four, a four-year-old would go, what is cloop? And you'd be like, I don't know. What is cloop? And he's like, I don't know. What is cloop? He makes up words and he asks me what they are. I want to see the Jeopardy question that's just, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> or I guess that's the, uh, yeah. So, so what would the answer be? What clue would pop up on the screen for the answer to be, why? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know, because I feel like there's a lot of, like, cool push and pull that they're doing here. Like, when that chorus cuts in, it takes me a second to find the rhythm there. We're talking about that, that sort of syncopation of mm-hmm. that whole first verse, it's very jarring. It's very, like, they're, they're testing us as listeners again, which they haven't done in a really long time. They haven't tested us. And I want to be, t- test me master, is what I kept begging PNL to do. Let me prove my worth to you. Test and finally, Yeah. They, I, the dog next door spoke to me and he said, listen to off his head and you will be tested. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the, it, I thought it, that push pull that older BNL songs had, because I feel like lately they've been too ready to just give us what we want and just pound us in the face with boomerangs. Like, mm-hmm. here's what you want, right? You want a catchy chorus? You want it for the last minute of the song? Here, enjoy, 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 right? But this one, the daddy's off his head section, which I feel like is the most perhaps interesting part of the song. It taunts you at the beginning with just a little sample, and then it pays off near the end of the song. And then it takes a victory lap in the last few seconds. It's a great structure. They're like, they know when to pull their punches. Now they know when to hit you. They know when to hold back. Like, I feel like this is some classic BNL shit. We're listening to. I'm going to hard disagree on that, (laughs) but uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad song, so I'm not going to like, 
you know, I, come at you with this. I often have these moments in this podcast where I feel like I make a really passionate or salient point, And then I look at the screen and you're just sitting with a non-expression on your face. And I think, <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to have to talk way more. So well, you're God. not trying to convince me. You're trying to convince the listeners. I think the listeners are convinced. If they're listening up through the grinning streak section of this podcast, <laughs> they already know they love BNL. They, they just want more of it at this point. Oh, I, I, we know they love BNL, but do they love this song? Mm, that's a good question yeah um listeners yeah. i want you to take off the amount of clothes right now wherever you are to the point that you love this. god i hope you're listening to the song in the car there's going to be a record number of accidents tomorrow um yep. there'll be extra dozen accidents for every <laughs> listener of this podcast <laughs> we just needed uh, some listeners of this podcast to really create like 10 car pileups that's what we need we need to create a record <sighs> in that way we do, do not you- endorse driving unsafe in this <laughs> podcast, no matter what Saker would have you believe. Um, there's some great, the bridge in this song, again, feels like a classic yeah. BNL song to me because Ed is pushing the upper limits of his vocals. He's trying it. Like, yeah, I do. I do agree there. He just belts that shit out. And I really enjoyed that. It all gets lost. One hundred percent. Yeah. The, and the more I heard it, the more I liked it. And this is when I officially forgave them for boomerang it was during the uh, <laughs> during the bridge to this song. They had to win you back. They did. I was off the, the BNL train. I was just hanging on by a pinky to the end of that. You were almost off your head, daddy. Almost off my head. Um, <laughs> call me daddy. Uh, little reverse synths in the second verse. Loved those. More mm-hmm. reverse instruments, please. And they had those at the beginning of the song, too. Kev is killing it. Yeah. I love his, his auto-tune in the background of Daddy's Office Head. It gives it this weird, otherworldly feel. Like, Kev is just doing some weird, wild stuff in this song. I love yeah, it. I really like the opening and the squeedles in the background. I think without the drums and the guitar, like, just those, like, squeedles had a real, like, Sigur Ross vibe to me. Okay, I could hear that. And that's something I would have appreciated if they had, BNL had just made up their own language and just started <laughs> talking in nonsense. But you already of have off his head. You have three Simglish songs. What else do you want out of BNL? I don't know. I just felt like this song like musically was trapped between a bunch of styles for me in kind of okay. in a bad way. What style? Cuz I definitely heard 90s alternative in this song. Yeah, there was like that's 90s alternative I- and then there was like this sort of like easy breezy. I don't think like I, I wouldn't call it new age, but like whatever the fuck Sigur Ross is interesting See, like they're I, not yeah so it's like that this like uh and then and then it's got this like rattly guitar like this country jangle that's just kind of just kind of peeping around the edges okay like, you lift up the page it's like there's just like two little <laughs> eyes and a cowboy hat poking at poking out at you i just i don't know i feel like i i feel like i like it when they mix styles i like it when they're genre defying as the boys i don't know and i like it too when they do a good job and they okay, didn't this time yeah. for me yeah, okay i feel like <laughs> it I'm always polar. comes down to evan's Evan's litmus test. Was it? Did it a good job? Did I enjoy it? Sure. I feel like I'm polarizing you. I do not want to polarize you. I want you to be your own boy. My rating will remain the same. Do you write down your ratings beforehand? No. Okay, neither do I. I think about it in the moment. I think it's more Um, fun when I don't, except even occasionally when I, uh, like, shit the bed occasionally on my ratings. (laughs) Ramble on about Genghis Khan for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Um, Ev, this song has never been played live. Ever. I know. I could not find a fucking live version of it. A setlist.fm says zero times, which 
is both surprising and unsurprising to me. Unsurprising because it seems like a technically difficult song. That whole daddy's off his head part requires an immense amount of, you know, thought and and practice. Um, but also, I, I think, think all you need to do is loop the vocals, bud. Okay, just record well, yourself saying it, then loop it. You're okay, done. yeah, they could easily just play a track, but I guess they could just go up on stage and hit play on their cassette player for one week and no, pretend I mean, like they're playing, playing instruments. Their... So you're saying BNL does all music like extemporaneously on stage the whole time with no loop vocals, no background sounds, anything like that. Like if if Kev, Jim, Ty, or Ed doesn't play it or sing it, it does not get shown up on stage. I would say for a live concert limits might be the first time I've ever heard them. I'm sure they do click tracks and drum tracks and stuff in the background, Mm -hmm. especially songs that have electronic drum parts. But limits is the first time I've heard them do like a big pre-recorded, you know, that, that opening. What about like playing it or singing it, then looping it from the live version and then messing with it from, you know, in, in context. I, I agree. But I think that also is a tremendous technical challenge for Ed to have some sort of looping pedal. Is that what you're saying? And then recording yeah, the... yeah, or something like that. I mean, I've seen I artists guess. play entire concerts by themselves, just looping everything as have I, but I don't know if BNL BNL are good old boys. And <laughs> I feel like you're saying they're too old to understand how technology works. That is, is what you're not saying. what I said. That is what you said. And I want us to be clear that I am not. Oh, insulting. Gen Xers too old to understand <laughs> how technology works. Oh no. Jim could figure it out, but Jim is not on vocals for this song. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that, that presents a whole new challenge to them. And also it's, it's stuff that they don't have on the road already, right? Like they don't use a looper for any other song. So what's the point of bringing it out just for off his head, a weird deep album cut that nobody's going to cheer when you play anyway. I'm not saying they should play it. I'm just saying they could, if they wanted (laughs) to, I'm with you. I, of course they could, if they wanted to, no one is going to argue that. I mean, they played it for this album, didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. clearly they could if they wanted to. They could re- redo whatever they did here. Uh, I just think the potential for something going wrong is very high with this song. And, yeah, the the reason it doesn't surprise me is because it's a deep cut. This song, even though it's track three, is kind of like a... I, I bet you not a song that they get requested a lot. I don't know. I was disappointed. I mean, there's no ships and dip that go past here. Or else we would have had, like, deep cuts of Ed on the fucking, like, stowaway deck in basement B playing this on a piano for seven people kev on a harmonium or something and yeah. jim on a glass harmonica playing yeah. it, you know and and some canadian indie musician doing a little tap dance in the foreground with ty <laughs> holding a gun to his head <laughs> fuck the bnl boys are so weird i would have killed to get onto a ships and dip nowadays if we had a time machine of the one thing i would do with it before i destroyed it with a hammer is go back to ships and dip five and just enjoy those boys in their prime. Oh, I'd go have dinner with my dead dad. Yeah, absolutely not no. for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would cause so many timeline problems. Uh, if my dad saw me as an adult, how would you explain that to your dad? Hi, dad. It's me as an I'd adult. Be like, dad, it's me as an adult. You can never talk about this or act on any information I tell you. And he'd be like, okay. Really? You think 100%. your dad? Wow, really? Yeah. Your dad was kind of a big sci-fi boy, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. My so that's exactly how I would react if my son came from the future and told me the exact same thing. Really? I understand how this works, Saker. Okay, all right. I mean, it's all a stable time loop anyway. You're not going to disrupt anything. Even if you try, you're going to fail. Um, yep. Ashton Kutcher's butterfly effect. You, only can only, <laughs> you can only make things worse. You can never make them better. There's a part in that movie that I fucking love. That movie that I love. Never but seen the part it. that I hate. Oh, okay. The whole premise is like, 
he's going back and doing things. And when he does things, they've always been done. That's the whole idea of the butterfly effect. And at one point he's in jail and he's like, how do I prove to these people that I have the butterfly effect? And he goes back to a time when he was in school and he like slams his hand on this nail. And then he zooms back to the, the like present day. And they're like, whoa, you have a, a, a nail mark there that wasn't there before. Entirely negating the premise of the whole fucking movie. I will never forget. I think that was the first time in my whole life when I was old enough to be like, that doesn't make s- This is a movie that's something that before that in my life, I was just like, movies are fun. If they made this movie, I'm sure that it got approved on all levels and it's a good movie. Movies yeah. are all good across the board. But when did Butterfly Effect come out? Was I too old to have that revelation? I think it was like, I want to say late 90s. 2004 oh Oh, no i was in college (laughs) oh no (laughs) that's very very bad okay well whatever yeah Uh, wow what happened ashton kutcher what's he doing nowadays good question (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah okay he was in the bachelorette i guess for an episode that's all i got uh okay um yeah i think he's one of those guys who like made his made his mark on the movie scene and made his money and then just kind of quietly backed out and no one wants to hire him anymore because he wasn't really that good of an actor to begin with yeah i guess that makes sense he did play steve jobs in the steve jobs movie which i don't remember but boy wow yeah that's a i mean yeah i feel like there's it's like a teen heartthrob married demi moore and then i feel like the only way you can go after that is character actor my god i forgot he married demi moore how fucking weird what a life man didn't he marry mila kunis too at one point it seems entirely possible. I do not know. Um, yeah, Mila Kunis. He's still married to her. Oh, Look good. at you with your celebrity good, I'm knowledge. Glad they're happy. Well, I just like Mila Kunis a lot. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, she rules. Uh, and, of course, his brother's name is Michael Kutcher. Ev knew that fact. <laughs> um, okay. His dad's name is Damien Kutcher. His mother's Sorry. name is Rebecca Kutcher Nay Markinson. How much? We're going to do a little trivia segment. We're way off the mark on this song anyway. Do you know who Bela Kunis was married to before she married uh, Ashton Kutcher? Uh, Justin Timberlake? I'm sorry. The correct answer was Macaulay Culkin. Whoa! <laughs> for nine whole years they were together. Well, good for them. I hope they were happy. And then when they weren't happy, they got out of it because i enjoy both of them i hope they were happy until they were sad and then i hope they were sad (laughs) Uh, they got um, out of it yeah okay fair enough um all right ebo uh truly yeah that's that's all i have to say about this song do you have anything else to say about this song Hmm. nope okay cool cool, i mean i've got like after certain lines i'm like oh i like the squeedle there yeah there's lots of great squeedles this song squeedles out bro i love it um, okay, well then, Ev, I want you to tell me. Crack me up, buddy. Make me laugh. Do you remember that Comedy Central show, Make Me Laugh? Mm-mm. That show fucking ruled. There was a, a man, they would sit in a chair, and there were three comedians, and each of the comedians had like a minute and a half to make this guy laugh. And so they would just be telling jokes, and they would be getting up in his face, and like you could get as close to him as you wanted, and it ruled. It was a very funny show. But you couldn't touch him. But you could not. That, those were the rules. You could shove dollar bills Drill sergeant rules. Modern yeah. day drill sergeant. <laughs> uh, Ev, I want you to tell me what comedian this song is like. This comedian is perennial, well, perhaps in the day he was a, a funny boy, but he's perennial dad comic now. The one, the only, of course, Adam Sandler. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay. Let me hear it. So he was a funny boy back in the day. You know, you know, Sandy. Uh-huh. He had his uh, Mr. Deeds. He had his little Nickies. He had his 51st dates, his Coneheads. 
Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, all those ones. You okay. Know, jokey, jokey fun boys. But now, Daddy's kind of off his head. And Sandler, <laughs> let's be honest, is kind of off his comedy game. Okay. I, I, have you seen Hubie Halloween? Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, who... Let's say everyone who liked Sandler watched Hubie Halloween. Okay. Or Hubie Halloween. Uh-huh. It's not going to turn you off Adam Sandler if you're already into what he's doing which is to say (laughs) the same thing he was doing 30 years ago it was edgy then it's not edgy now um and do you think hubie halloween got him any new fans i don't know i i guess well yeah actually i do because i have a big group of my students who came in the the day after it came out on Netflix, and they were like, have you seen Hubie Halloween? It's so funny. Do you remember the part where he projectile vomited when he was on the bicycle? And, oh, I loved it. So I think he's constantly, especially the fact that it was on Netflix, and it was kind of like their signature Halloween movie this year. Kids love Netflix, and I don't think kids definitely know who Adam Sandler is. So I think he's constantly reinventing himself for the next generation. Uncut Gems didn't do it for them. No, 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 no. This is like a Morrissey situation where Morrissey's fans keep getting younger, but he, I mean, he keeps, it's like a reverse Dorian Gray situation, I guess. Wait, are you saying you're not an Adam Sandler fan anymore? I've never been an Adam Sandler fan. Really? I always thought he was kind of irritating. Wow, but, uh, that's wild. Okay. I mean, I liked, I liked Wedding Singer. I liked Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Like, those were fine movies. And I think that he's good in small doses where he's like a, a supporting character. Okay. And, I mean, I enjoyed him in a couple of his more serious roles like okay Punch drunk love is a good movie one of my top five movies of all time and that's about it okay like, I, I hear i heard uncut gems is good i've heard it it's good too year. we should watch it together no thanks um, okay <laughs> but then you've got movies like the cobbler we enjoyed the cobbler we watched it together we, it was we didn't enjoy the cobbler we fast forwarded through three quarters of it that's maybe true possibly yes, i can't remember okay it got to the point where didn't he put the shoes of the woman's husband on so he could go like molest her in the shower at some something point. like that yeah it was and then inexplicably weird. like his dad was <sighs> who the fuck is that guy not robert de niro but uh, i don't um, remember right the guy who played rain man dustin hoffman dustin hoffman yes that's yeah, correct. inexplicably all this stuff happened and it was so bad and then ridiculous six was but, unbelievably bad so here's the problem though is i feel like we're not watching i hear marowitz stories is fucking great i hear uncut gems is fucking great um like i hear i don't know i i he's still good i think you know i think he's still out there doing good things but i think Wait, but are those comedy movies no i think he does kind of a, a one for me one for them sort of thing sometimes you know what i mean i don't know i might be wrong on that um well, i mean daddy's off his head he's not happy he's got the two daughters he's a daddy for sure okay um and I think he's a dad comedy. He's a dad comic, right? Okay, okay. And he's funny in the same way that SNL is funny in that, like, Saturday Night Live is funny during two points of your life if you're, like, a white cis dude. And it okay. is, like, when you're, like, 12 to 16, when you can, like, well, 12 to 15, like, before you can drive. Uh-huh. Like, um, it's funny because you get, you're, like, staying up late in defiance of your parents' orders and, like, watching raunchy comedy, right? Yeah, all right, fair enough. And then it's funny again in, like, your late 30s, where you're like, oh, I get all the topical references now. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, I guess that kind of... The one person I know who still likes SNL, that completely checks out for him, I think. Okay, all right, good. Uh, (laughs) So, fair. Yeah, I enjoy a good SNL. When I'm, like, when I'm drunk as a skunk and just sitting on my couch, yeah, I'll throw on an SNL, you know, because it's not going to make me, like, laugh out loud funny, but it's like, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. 
Yeah. I See, I feel like that timing was right for me, 12 to 15, but I watched it in the afternoons when Comedy Central used to replay it at 3 p.m. Uh, old classic uh, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. See, that's when I fell in love with Adam Sandler, that era of SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. So, so he got you young. He got me young. Got me young. Yeah, maybe that's why I love him so much and why I'm, I'm fighting to the death to defend him for some he just reason. He so tired. <laughs> he does look, he looks very tired. Every interview he looks tired. But bro, the Sandman. You can't deny the Sandman. Yeah. All right. But also, um, he's also a, a Republican. If you, if you'll remember. Is he really? I yeah. didn't know that. He's okay. never, he's not, he's, he's kind of like, he keeps it close to his uh, chest because, you know, he doesn't want to alienate half of his fan base or three quarters sure. of his fan base or whatever the fuck, you know. Oh boy. So he's a, uh, but he's never, he's never come out pro Trump. So who knows? Well, he did, he did donate uh, $2,100 to Rudy Giuliani's presidential campaign, which I did not know. Uh, yeah, but that was back before everyone knew that really Rudy Giuliani was a nightmare yeah human. god i think i mentioned it just before. most people knew he was a nightmare human and then other people were like you know he did a lot of good for the city of new york yeah yeah right how do you how do you squander being america's mayor like how what a wild <laughs> what a wild roller coaster his life has taken rudy giuliani um all right interesting okay i like your read did anything else on on that front for daddy's off his head for sandler He's I'm surpri- head, man. surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised Tom Green wasn't here, but Sandler makes more sense. I'm just surprised you didn't see that word "daddy" and immediately pounce on it. No, no, no. I'm going to use Tom Green for a song I like. Okay, got it. Well, Ev, I think then it's about time to rate this song. <laughs> Ev, as usual, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is, and the fewer clothes it's wearing, the better. So, as usual, we'll start with you. How many clothes is this song wearing for you, my friend? I'm not a spring chicken anymore. My mm. birthday's coming up. The big 40, the big 40. It's is that actually, real? Yeah. It's wow. Real. It's my birthday's tomorrow. Yeah, but you're going to be 40? I didn't realize how old you were. You've called it out on the podcast like three times. I don't know. I thought you were like 38 or something. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. That'd Damn, be nice. dude. That'd be nice. Yeah. Damn, dude, indeed. I got that youthful energy, you know? You do. 100% <laughs> you do. The big 40. Right. So um, I'm going to drop my... I took the day off work as always mm-hmm. drop my kid off at daycare for the day mm-hmm. um so i got the whole day to myself but i can't get drunk because i got to go pick my kid up from daycare at the end of the day sure sure so there's really not much i can do um i got <laughs> Sorry, like eight that's hours your, that's yeah. your only fun activity it's like i can't get drunk well, so I guess... i'm in my house it's quarantine i can't uh-huh. do anything i've already played all the video games i want to play i've already watched all the shows i want to watch uh-huh. i've already read all the books i want to read uh-huh. what the fuck else is there for me you <laughs> time know? enough at last all right <laughs> time enough at, well <laughs> <laughs> careful what you wish for <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh but i i also recognize my privilege in that i still have a job yes. and uh can enjoy my so time what you do is you get fully naked and you start well, running no, around I'm, your backyard what i do is i put around my house and i like clean it and i'm like vacuuming and like doing 40 year old stuff i'm making yeah. a batch of batch of cookies in the oven i got my apron on i'm cleaning the house i've got um great british bake-off in the back and then like i turn off the vacuum cleaner and i just hear this like like that and then there's like a brief flash as my vision flicks out and i just see this like dark room with like red lights flashing and i'm like huh that was weird so i go back to my day uh i clean up my bedroom i pick it up um we still got some my son still has some of his christmas presents around so i'm gonna pick those up put them in his room get rotate out the old presents put them in the basement Mm -hmm. and i go down the basement stairs and then like this the light suddenly color changes green light red light and i just see these bodies writhing and i scream and i fall back in the stairs and i almost drop the toys but i don't i catch them go down now i'm gonna exercise a little bit i'm gonna go on my stationary bike i'm gonna do my squats i'm gonna do my 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 um 
curls and I'm holding my weight bar above my head and then like this other flash and I just see now I can see it clearly red light event horizon there's bodies writhing uh, naked nude bodies writhing and they're stuck they're those most horrifying bodies they've all been mutilated hellraiser style and they're just writhing and they're like welcome to 40 years old <laughs> and then there's it's me holding out my eyes this is you but you can't from the future and you can't <laughs> repeat any of this <laughs> okay in the future so getting, you get eye removal you get crumb surgery as i call it yeah I'm okay getting a, i tear them out myself because oh, okay, you know it. where i'm going that you won't need eyes to you won't see. need eyes sure so yeah it, this song i get flashes of nudity from this song like flashes of uncomfortable nudity <laughs> okay. uh, but mainly it's just a bunch of dad guys doing dad stuff yeah okay on their bir- on their 40th birthday <laughs> okay what a horrifying i do like that even after the second one you were still pretty comfortable with your day you still went to exercise you didn't like well, call a doctor immediately like, yeah yeah like i i think that i could handle a bit of insanity i could handle a little bit of it like if i were like having like hallucinations or something I'm like oh well obviously this is crazy uh, okay <laughs> like, sure so right. when did uh when did this album come out 2016 2013 2013 so ed would be 43 when this album came out whoa you guys are running along parallel thought lines here fucking off you, my head man you're, <laughs> i don't know you gotta help you gotta help me <laughs> he's sending messages to the future frequency style that you're getting now that you're 40 wow this is wild okay uh it always amazes me that ed is not that much older than we are um I don't know, because I just feel well, like he's, he's... He's 10 years older than me and 15 years older than you. Yeah, I guess that is that much older, isn't it? All right, so uh, for me, this song... Um, boy, you just got me in the mindset, man. This song is set in 2025. Uh, and good old Seiki boy, he's turning 40. That's how it Ooh. goes when you turn 40. Now, we're still in quarantine, so I oh, can't. Jesus, no. Well, that second wave hit with that new novel coronavirus where it's way more spreadable and uh, we're never going to get away from it every year. There's COVID-20, COVID-21, COVID-22. Uh, we're just enjoying the the wave. But I am I am 40. Enjoying the wave. Enjoying Ride the that wave. wave into the grave. That's what I always say. <laughs> um, and, you know, there is a lot of graves around because, you know, it's gotten more and more deadly. Thankfully... I am oh God! Are we turning into a are we turning into a um, cemetery planet from Star Wars? Absolutely, we are. We used to be a consumer planet. Now that we're at where aliens go to bury their dead, yeah. um, no one's going to let us around because we've got so many communicable diseases. It's one hundred percent true. Um, so I am. I've been in my house now for six years, uh, and just alone. Just you know, uh, what every, happened to your family? Well. Um, my son is old enough now that he's moved off to college because you, uh, six years old is now the kind of like cutoff for, you know, you have to go off to the mines because we need workers for the mines. We need so many more platinum have. for That's our correct. alien overlords. Um, so he's been working at the platinum mines. Uh, my partner has left me. Um, my partner leaves me in a lot of my scenarios for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I feel like you've got some you've got some fears, buddy. We need to work through on this podcast. Uh, our bubble buddy, a uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Emma, uh, has died of COVID twenty six. Oh no! Um, yeah, it's a real bummer. Um, and we actually got COVID twenty six a few years early. We got it in twenty twenty four. It was kind of just a special little gift. Um, in any case, I am. Uh, 
you know, 40 years old, and I've been in side for six years now, and I'm going fucking buck wild. My brain, daddy is off his head at this point, <laughs> and I feel like I'm having a midlife crisis, but I'm having this w- weird worst kind of midlife crisis where, like, you know, I've been trapped inside for so long and nothing makes sense anymore, and half of my life is over, and maybe it's more than half of my life because who knows how long it's going to be before I get the new COVID. And I am, like just imagining that, you know, I'm young again and I'm ready to go to the club. So one day I just wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there and reclaim my youth. So I put on my fishnet shirt and I put on my cutoff Daisy Dukes and I drive down to high street in my bubble vehicle. And all the businesses there have been long closed and boarded off, but I break (laughs) into a nightclub on high street and I stand in the middle under the disco ball And I set my phone down and I start playing off his head and I start dancing in the middle of this dark room with one shaft of light where I've broken the boards open. Um, And uh, this is this is this is 40, as they say. This is us, 40 year old virgin, uh, whatever other things that I'm referencing here. Um, But I think this is it. This is this is just me in a fishnet shirt and cut off shorts uh, reclaiming my lost youth. Um, I'm truly off my head at this point. Wow. You're back. Oh, indeed. I'm back, He's back, baby. buddies. The BNL is back. The boys are back <laughs> in town. I fucking love it. We'll uh, be right back. until next song where you have another crisis of faith. <laughs> it's I cannot see the forest for the trees at this point. Every new tree I smack into, I get upset at or fall in love with. <laughs> Speaking of the boys being back, we'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> hey, Evan. You know, like how... Some products have replaced the thing that they were actually created to be. Like, we have, like, Kleenex. We, we say Kleenexes. Proprietary and eponyms. Not, and it's not a... Yeah, sure. Whatever you just said. <laughs> they're not... I mean, they're tissues, right? They're... they're yeah, we Xerox something instead of copy yeah. it. We Oreos. use Q-tips. Sure, yeah, instead down of Down south, they say, they say Coke instead of, I don't know, soda or pop or whatever we it. say. Yes, a so, proprietary yeah. eponym. If you could have your name applied to a product what would a saker be boy that is a good one i think for me a saker would be like a little pellet but when you eat it you always you go get- to, you always go to fucking <laughs> you get the taste of domino's pizza that's correct uh because i, I want to replace i feel like dominobler is too specific to domino's pizza i think the saker is kind of the generic brand name for you know it's it's what everybody calls them um because i've made my own no okay what is it really i would want a saker to be a towel a what a towel for doing what drying yourself off (laughs) what else would you use a towel after a mud bath so a saker is a real dirty ass towel (laughs) that you use to scrape crud off your body I want to be just down and dirty. I want to be, you know, I want to be associated with, uh, with, with disgusting. Uh, uh, <laughs> I forgot. Have you well, just good, good buddy? I just sent my good host friend Saker a link to something called the Smart Saker. That's right. Everybody sends me this now. You sent it to me before. My sister sent it to me. Friends sent it to me. The Smart Saker is a tool that you use for like gauging angles. I don't know what the fuck it actually is. It's to, like, let you, like, copy contours in order to, like, crop things, right? 
yeah, it allows you to um, create like affix molding to something, or <laughs> you know, you can find it allows you to get uh, it duplicate a shape. Yeah. So it's a prof- it's a profile gauge. What so. a boring, boring thing, but I guess it does make sense for me. That that's the smart saker. Now it does have a picture of a saker falcon on the uh, on the little thing there. Um, which I'm a fan. My name is, it's a Falcon. It's a cannon, which I enjoy. Um, goodness. Okay. What about, what about you, friend? What would your name be associated with? Ooh, probably like a, um, some sort of umbrella. Okay. That you use, you know, like the, um, oh yeah. Those, uh, those fucking umbrellas that are, um, at little country clubs and things where they're, they keep the sun off you, but they won't keep the rain off of you. And you put oh. them, you stick them right in the middle of tables, and you open them up, and there's these more massive umbrellas. Right. And they're just for shade. They're not for like if it starts raining, you got to take them down because they'll they'll get all nasty. Okay. Um, so those you, are Evans. Do you feel like? Uh, do you feel like it's because you're so shady? Like, is that what? What's because I'm a fair weather friend. Like, I'm gonna I'll stick I'll keep the sun off you, but okay. But like if it starts getting cloudy or rainy, I'm gonna look to my own business. You take me inside right the fuck now. Okay. All right. If you want to keep eating your dinner outside on this little glass table, if you want to eat your club sandwich and your uh, fucking potato chips. Okay. And your uh, half and half. Uh, <laughs> you just you, drinking you half and half straight out the bottle? No, that's what you call like a. That's not like a. Oh, you call it Arnold Palmer. What are you calling it a half and half for? You don't like the proprietary eponym of the old. That's the perfect. An old Arnold oh, Palmer. No. What? Wait, that's that's a proprietary eponym. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard it. Always, it's always been a half and half. Shut. There's okay. Our Evan, you're <laughs> you're being a little stinker. What's the Evan drink though? That's what I want to know. If an Arnold Palmer is a half and half, what's an Evbo? Is it alcoholic or non? Doesn't have to be. Uh, I think it's a non-alcoholic Bud Light with a uh, little bit of blood. Jesus Christ. A, Just the most coppery. From a split lip. Oh, fucking hell. Why? So you're drinking, it's, it's drinking a, a non-alcoholic blood light uh, with well, after you've bit the inside of your mouth. So you're... Oh, boy, There's some of those where you bit, your, you bit the inside of your mouth like earlier in the day. So it's kind of swelled up. So you just keep biting it again. Jesus Christ. And, and a twist the line. Okay. Uh, What's I think- the sacred drink? Mine would be a thing that I already enjoy. Would you already enjoy an Evan? No. It's okay. the worst thing ever. It's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, mine is what I used to call a lemonier, which is half lemonade, half root beer. Uh, and it sounds disgusting, but get yourself, get your ass down to Five Guys. Don't give a shit about the pandemic. Go down to Five Guys right now. Get a, a, one of those big ass burgers. Get a hot Cajun fry and get yourself a Saker, half lemonade, half root beer from their freestyle machines. You can add a little cherry to it if you want. You can add whatever you want. Ooh, wee, is that good? It's got the uh, it's got the the tart tang of lemonade with the smooth mellowness of root beer, my friend. You're gonna love it. I'm imagining the flavors in my head, and it made me like it made my lips like pucker a little bit, <laughs> yes. but also my stomach kind of heave. Yes, that's that's a Saker. Hey, I just I just want you to know, I searched for Saker to see if the tool would be the number one result on Google, and it is. But the number two result is the Saker Vineyard, which or the Vineyard of the Saker, the Saker dot is. And I was like, oh, I, wa- I wonder <laughs> the what Saker dot is. <laughs> I wonder what this is about. And what it is is a far right wing blog, <laughs> which is all about 
all about how Joe Biden is being installed. He didn't actually win the presidency. And, uh, you know, how, how you know, co- countries that are doing the least are really doing the most in the COVID-19 pandemic. And we should stop our attacks oh. on Russia. Yeah. Wow. The Saker. I'm glad that my name is associated with only the good things in life. <laughs> Jesus Angle Christ. gauges and far right wing blog. Madness Cor- blogs. Correct. Uh, do you know who else has a name that's associated with something good in life? And something bad. And something bad? Well, that would, of course, be... God damn it. Nobody's names are in these uh, titles of these damn things. Okay, it would be Chris and Joe. That's right. Chris and Joe. Joe revisits the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion while Chris watches it for the first time, and they unpack everything they see in the podcast Nervous Rex. That's right. Nervous Rex. Uh... It ended. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it's still listed under our current podcast So are there thing. any podcasts other than ours on the Orange Groves that are still putting out new episodes? I think it's just us, buddy. I think we are single-handedly oh, holding the, the Orange Groves. <laughs> we are Jesus. the flagships. Uh, no, I think they then... Hey, buddy, you think, this, you, think, uh, you think this network's <laughs> falling apart under our... No. The network is crumbling under our feet? Absolutely. Hold on. I'm going to look for the word... I can't thing. go back to paying those hosting fees, man. <laughs> okay. Argonauts is still putting out episodes. Champs in the making, still putting out episodes. Uh oh, got it memorized. Thank God. And if not us, then who? That might be it, though. That is it. That's the only. So it's we're down to five podcasts. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, a a lean, a lean network. Lean and mean. Where where you've got a podcast about Pokemon, bare naked (laughs) ladies, (laughs) ARGs, and what was the other one? What is the connective tissue? Final Fantasy X-2. Final Fantasy X-2. Yeah, okay. Those, uh, are the five, those are the five remainers. Those are the, <laughs> those are the after the podcast wars happened, that is who remained. Uh, anyways, uh, oh, I also forgot Okashina Podcast. So uh, anyway, listen to Okashina Podcast with Sabrina Ray and childhood friend <laughs> Don. The end. We're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now is the time in the show when we spin this enormous fucking wheel and try oh. and figure out... Look how big it is. Roll it out of that back room for me. The wrong man was convicted. Who should cover this song? Hmm. It's a 90s song, but it also has a little bit of alternative twang to it. It has some weird electronic beebly boops in the background. So fuck, we got a lot of options. This sounds here. like a, like a deep cut. I always fuck. I don't want to go to Radiohead again. Like this sounds like a deep cut Radiohead. That's from like the really early like Pablo Honey era. Yes, yes, interesting. Yes, yes. But I'm not I gonna go there. That you know what it reminds me of? A man who can do all of those things. It sounds to me like it could be a very poppy Trent Reznor song. Trent Reznor had Ooh. his '90s heyday, right? And now he's all about the electronic blippity blops and what mm-hmm. he can do with them. Um, country? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he could do. I don't doubt that he has the skill to do it. Um, yeah. He's it's like he's, Trent Reznor featuring uh, Cheryl Crow, Brad who's Paisley, a, a, yeah, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. God, who does he? He doesn't really. The only person he he collaborates with is Atticus Ross. Um, but God, he really should be doing more poppy stuff. I feel like he's definitely got the chops for it rather than doing the set. All he does nowadays are soundtracks. He does like bird box and Vietnam, the documentary and the social network and like the Watchmen TV show. That's all he does anymore. Um, 
Well, he, I feel like he should be doing more country alt pop songs. <laughs> that seems right up his alley. Should he? No. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That might be fun. Um, I don't know. Do you have Do you have something better? Hey, Trent Reznor, an Ohio boy through and through. I didn't yeah. know that. He's from Isn't Cleveland. He Cleveland, yeah. Wow, indeed. Uh, okay. Um, so what do you think? Any anybody else that immediately pops to mind when you yeah. think of this song? Of course. No. Okay. Black margaritas. No, black margaritas. We got the country part with uh Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Jesus. I forgot who was in No Black Margaritas for a second. We've got the electronic blippity bloops with Gwen I mean, Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Yeah, she's definitely gotten the blippy bloops. And we've got the pop sensibilities with Jimmy Buffett. It's perfect. There's <laughs> no song that No Black Margaritas can't make better. Good God. Okay. Holy shit. Well, that's it. I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel the need to prolong this segment any further <laughs> because I think we've nailed it. Okay. Ev, now's the point in the show when we take a song from fan uh, Ev. We take a fan song and we make the fan song great. <laughs> now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our nasty little nuggets. This is a question from our friend Professor C. James Clearly. Oh, hello, Professor C. James Clearly. C. James Clearly says, I don't know, should we refer to him as James, I guess? Professor Clearly. Professor Clearly. Hello. He didn't go he didn't go to fucking whatever how many years <laughs> of school to get his PhD or MD. Yes, that's correct. You know? uh, hello. First time, hello. long time. I heard oh, that you wanted okay. questions. <laughs> I heard that you wanted questions that were not specifically about the Barenaked Ladies, so I thought I should finally write in. The gist of my question is this: You speak frequently about the toxic impulse of nostalgia, and it seems like a point of disagreement between the two of you at times. Over the last season or two of the show, you, specifically Saker, have gotten into the habit of asking yourselves whether a song you like would be as enjoyable if it were on, say, Stunt or Maroon, as a way of engaging with an undefinable something that has been lost. Do you feel as though you are engaging with the Barenaked Ladies today through a nostalgic lens, albeit a condensed nostalgia for the last year, when you were on albums you enjoyed more? Or are you attempting to engage more in a hauntological analysis, wrestling with the specter of a lost BNL and the way it rubs up against the existent present, present incarnation of the band? Specifically... The way the band's innovative older albums, which combined power pop, rap, and world music with a tragicomic sensibility in a way that felt inventive, have given way to competent, enjoyable alt-rock slash country. I suspect, for instance, that the band is a little confused why their earlier, looser albums are more popular when their songwriting and performances are objectively stronger now. I would argue that it is not nostalgia that explains this difference, but hauntology, and that a song that sounds like the future should always be more engaging than a song that merely recreates the past more clearly. Thoughts? Professor C. James clearly. So the, the question basically is that Jeopardy question you refer <laughs> Thoughts? The answer is why? Um, okay. I think that actually we... I mean, this question is is, a, is like a, a bit too late because we engaged with that last episode. Like we spent 30 minutes last episode discussing this. I probably should have brought this question up then. Um, but I, I do want to define hauntology, which is something that I had never heard of before. Was it hauntology or ontology? Hauntology. Ontology is something about... What the is nature, on- like the metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. Like, Uh-oh, I was going to say bugs. A, yeah, it's like a... a, a 
putting things into like concepts and categories or subjects and then like showing their properties and like how they how they interrelate with one another interesting a hauntology is a portmanteau of haunting and ontology so you do have ontology in there it's a neologism introduced by french philosopher jacques derrida in his 1993 book uh, specters of marx uh the concept refers to the return the return or persistence of elements from the past as in the manner of a ghost so we still feel the specter of bare naked ladies haunting us nowadays um and we long to return to the past that can never be boy this is a big question that ends with thoughts and i truly i'm not sure there is a question here i think yeah, cj clearly I mean, was just trying to that... get a to 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 relate a point to us an interesting thought that he had and he feels like he's a big smart guy so he said a big long paragraph and then at the end he said thoughts do you want to weigh in on the smart thing that i said like i think he's smart i think he got it down i think he understands what we do here and he understands the podcast pretty well we long for shit that can never be again we have this nostalgia do Do i because i think nostalgia is a toxic impulse right and you you basically had like a nostalgia a nervous nostalgia break last episode right so i'd say thoughts and, and if the answer is do you feel that you are haunted by the specter of bnl's past past the answer is yes for saker no for evan no for evan because evan didn't actually engage with bnl's past in the same degree that saker did like i knew their songs when i was you know younger i didn't love them they were fine so i don't really have as much tied up in this um this, this nostalgic insult this nostalgia rhythm that uh we have together hate where that. there's there's not so much feeding into my my past as it is saker where say, they, bnl played a part in your life earlier right on. for right. me they were a band that all the girls i liked the, the girls that i dated liked and i went to see them in concert okay i guess that's true but i would also disagree with you in that i don't think that last week i had a nostalgia breakdown i feel like if i were doing this podcast about any pop band today I would have that same breakdown. Maybe I would have had it much earlier in the podcast. You know, if we were doing a podcast about Maroon 5, mm-hmm. I would have had right after songs about Jane, I would have been like, oh no, this new stuff sucks. But I guess, you know, it, it happens to everybody when they get big enough and popular enough and sell out enough. I don't think we're looking for an undefinable something. I think what we're looking at is selling out. When the band sold out, when they decided that popularity was more important than you know, chops, songwriting chops and having something interesting to say. I feel like that the, there's, there's, there's an inherent flaw in what Professor Clearly is saying here, which is that I can define what has been lost. What has been lost is, is, is the band's ability to songwrite and to, to do something that isn't a pop song, to do something that's an interesting song. Now, that was for all in good time. I think Professor Clearly, yeah, he wrote this email on December 2nd. So this was during the All in Good Time era, which I felt like they really had lost their way. So far, this album, two out of the three songs, bangers. One of the three songs truly made me feel some sort of existential crisis. So I think it's hard to define right now what we're even talking about. I think until we have the, the, you know, the, 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 the thousand yard view of this album, until we're up above it, I don't think we can say whether it, the, the specter of the past has haunted Grinning Street. Because right now it feels like very good ladies are on a roll again. They're doing it, baby. Ladies are doing it for themselves. <laughs> right? I, if I may speak in Professor Cl- defense of Professor Clearly's thesis. Okay. Um, I disagree that BNL has sold out. We 
we are again inferring motive when we don't have any indication i mean they think they're writing good songs that they like you know i agree but at the same time when you look at boomerang when they hired two different mixers when they hired a whole crew of people to do a video when they like you know this was clearly a fucking sniper shot at the number one chart on the billboard i don't i I feel like they were trying very hard to sell out with that song hmm do you disagree with that um yes and no because i think that the rest of this album thus far hasn't been that right so maybe maybe this was a nod maybe they nodded towards selling out they said okay we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna hit this one really hard and then send the rest of the album doing what we love and i don't i disagree personally i I thought uh um all in good time was a much better album than you did yeah so again you're uh i think you're inferring you're inferring way too much your argument i don't disagree with its fundamental premise but i do think that you're you're taking it a little bit too far based on the evidence we have i i agree with you because i feel like there has to be a way to hook people and get them Mm -hmm. in the door and if boomerang was their way to hook people that was their push to get people to buy grinning streak if hubie halloween brings in the kids a new a whole new generation of adam sandler fans well bro adam sandler should have been boomerang he should have been boomerang i (laughs) fucked up with rebel wilson yeah rebel wilson's not bringing anybody anywhere i'm sorry um but uh yeah dude i don't know i think definitely that that could be so i don't know i think i think we're still grappling with this question professor um i think this is a and you know what maybe this is a question we'll be grappling with until we're done with fake nudes until we're done with the new album and until we can have a view of the brennan ladies as a holistic piece instead of just you know chunk by chunk by chunk you know taking them apart Um, i think we'll be grappling with this until bare naked ladies ceases to be as a band right until they break up or die yeah probably true because god they could come out with an album you know five years from now that just sounds like gordon that is just totally inventive Mm -hmm. and interesting after they take uh you know adam levine into the band and uh you know do their their maroon five (laughs) shit with him that would be i don't know i don't know but i mean we could i think we could both agree that bnl now is fundamentally different than bnl then undoubtedly yes yes I don't, and, I don't... and even even well i mean obviously they've lost they've lost and replaced members so but this isn't a situation this isn't a uh a ship of theseus or whatever the fuck that was ship jason's ship or something like that what you, your sock one oh lock socks paradox yeah okay yeah whatever yeah <laughs> okay so so we've talked about this before in yeah. that like there's there's gonna be i mean if bnl keeps replacing members there's gonna be a time when it's not bnl anymore yeah yeah um, you're right but I, I think still, I I still see look at BNL, and I still think that they're recognizably bare naked ladies. They may have grown and changed as a band, and what sort of music they produce. But for me, they're still the same band. They're just older, right? I literally yes. Semantically, and they're different. They write different songs now because they have different life experiences. They're not the same people they were back then. But this is still bare naked ladies. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, this is 100%. Uh, I mean, this is this is the Lock Sox paradox, except not with the band. It's with Ed Robertson, right? Ed Robertson used to, you know, used to have a different life. You know, it was a life that was full of, of you know, his, his mother Brothers and his brother. And, and no, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. You know, life experience hardens you. And I think he's definitely been hardened. He's not the playful. He is playful. We see those selfie cam jams and he's got that playfulness, but I don't think it shows through in his art anymore. I think so for him, sometimes art is pain. And I don't know. I definitely think he was feeling that all the way back on Maybe You Should Drive when we had, you know, Am I the Only One? But Ev, is this, 
segment too serious for our show i feel like we are actually literally having a discussion here that's that's what happens like we don't normally have discussions <laughs> we don't that's we what happens should... when we we field questions from academic professionals that sucks thanks for nothing professor clearly you dick bitch is that a thing that people can say to whoa. one another <laughs> whoa <laughs> All Professor right, Curley, I, allow me to apologize on behalf of this podcast. I thought your <laughs> question was well thought out, well formed. And if we hadn't spent a half an hour talking about it last time, we would have probably spent an hour talking about it this time. That's probably half true. Hour. Could have been the whole episode. Um, boy, after we're done with the final album, let's we should think of a name for the final album so we can stop referring to it as the final album. Um, so what if it's um, like Banjos in Love? Or is that it? Or maybe it's... I mean... Maybe it's a pun, or it's just whatever it out, like Ed's into nowadays. Okay. Oh, sure. So it's. Well, I think that's banjos. Well, like, like bingo banjo. Okay. So the final album, bingo banjo. Do you think after bingo banjo is over and we do our bingo banjo wrap up episode, we're gonna do a final episode that's just called like everything, like just like let's talk about this show. Like, are we gonna have a wrap up wrap up? Like a debrief. Like a debrief. Yeah. Where we just sort of fuck around and and we have on. You know, all of our guests we've ever had, uh, it's me and you and the Crypto Naturalist and, uh, and Mike Hanford and Mike Mitchell and all the Mikes. Justin McElroy. And- yeah, Justin could be there. I think we should do that. We should have a goodbye episode. All right. Hi. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> Ebbo, that's it. We're done. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. You can check us out on Twitter at Bindun Pod. Oh. Check us out on Facebook. It's all been on a Better Ladies podcast. You can join our Discord. It's in the show notes. You can contribute to our Patreon. We haven't done anything for them in a really long time, and I feel kind of guilty about it. <sighs> anything you want to plug this week, Ev? Cast casseroles? Cast casseroles. You can only have them if you're in a high cast, the cast casserole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the high <laughs> cast. Um, is a lasagna a casserole? I'd argue, yeah. I watched uh, the Garfield Christmas special with my son yesterday, or at least the seven minutes of it that he paid attention to. Boy, that uh-huh. little cat loves lasagnas, doesn't he? <laughs> he certainly does. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. <laughs> and we'll see you again in one, one week. week. Yeah, it looks like a casserole. Uh, lasagna is a casserole. It's a, revi- a variety of large deep pan or bowl, typically with a glass lid used in cooking. Oh, it's just the, whatever they cook it, you cook it in, right? It's a description of what you, so if it's cooked in a casserole pan, it's a casserole. If it's made in the, if it's made in the casserole uh, province of France, the, ca- the casserole region of France, it's a casserole. Everything else is just sparkling lasagna. <laughs> <laughs>